This is the Champion Forum Podcast with Jeff Hancher, the forum for leaders, champions, and dreamers. Welcome back to another episode of the Champion Forum Podcast. I am your host, Jeff Hancher. Excited to have you back with me today. I have a very exciting topic that I'm going to be discussing today. I'm going to be discussing the importance of self-awareness and the essence of effective leadership as it relates to self-awareness. But before I get into that, I had a question come in from one of our listeners, and the question was this. Jeff, what are your favorite questions to ask those that you lead? What a tremendous question. You know, this this is a I'm going to give you a very broad brush answer because I think you have to tailor questions specifically to the people that you're leading. I don't think it can be so uh, rigid that uh, you're asking the same questions to everybody. So the first thing uh, with the asterisks and the disclaimer would be this. Know your people and make sure that you're asking questions that are applicable to their journey. That could come by way of where their skill set is, their tenure in the role, how long they've been with the organization, so on and so forth. But as I was thinking about this, I at least wanted to give you some things to think about that I have practiced in my own leadership that have have, uh, resulted and yielded some good results. So here they are. The first one that I would recommend that you ask, and this would would cover a multitude of people that uh, you're leading, is do you have what you need from me? I think this is a question that will bring about a lot of information for you as the leader, and it's one that I think that we're hesitant to ask sometimes because uh, you're really not sure what how they would respond, and also, is it going to create more work for you in a job that maybe you're already overwhelmed in? But look, ask the question, do you have what you need from me? Because what I've come to find out is that great leaders always seek to ensure that those that they lead have the necessary resources for their roles. You, you would think at the essence of leadership, that should be the minimum standard of what we're doing for our people is to make sure they have the resources they need to win. They also will work hard to remove obstacles. You know, great leaders, they make it their mission to remove obstacles, maybe some organizational bureaucracies that happen at your at your place of work, any barriers that might be slowing your people down. I think when you do this as a leader, you're sending the message to your team that I'm here to fight for you. I'm here to get you the resources that you need. I'm going to remove uh, all the obstacles and all the walls that I can to make sure that you can focus on your day job. So that would be the first question. The second question that I think is important to ask people is, are you growing? I, I think this is a very, very simple question that can yield a lot of different results. You know, as leaders of excellence, we always have to make sure that our people are ever on the increase and they're growing. You know, people who want to grow and develop, they enjoy working for leaders who will help them grow. Caring about your team's development, I would say, is the first step in ensuring that they're developing. You got to care about their growth and getting them from where they are now to where they aspire to be. I, you may make assumptions into, are they growing? But listen, ask the question and hear it from them. You're going to hear a host of different things, but what that question does is it creates some dialogue and it allows you as the leader, somebody that's already been where they want to go, to start giving them feedback and start giving them uh, strategies 
to get better as a leader themselves, or maybe they aspire to lead. The third question that I like uh, that I would challenge you to ask as well is this question. What is the greatest opportunity? You could ask that a couple of different ways. What is your greatest area of opportunity? What is our greatest area of opportunity, meaning organizational? Or you can just ask it generally, which is, what is the greatest area of opportunity? Now notice, this is a much different question than what is your biggest problem? You know, helping your team focus on the majority of their best energy, on their greatest opportunities, and not their problems is very wise. Focusing on great opportunities is better than focusing on big problems. Now, that's not to say that we're going to ignore problems, but I think whenever you find out what the opportunities are and you make sure that your people aren't getting so bogged down in the minutia of the problems and the annoyances that we're, we're missing opportunities to create innovation, we're missing opportunities to go faster in areas that they may have the biggest skill sets. You know, if they have a big skill set and a big opportunity, yet they're always bogged down in the weeds dealing with problems, you're never going to get the fullest potential out of them. And what else will also happen is you're going to start losing engagement because they have a desire to be over here and thrive in their skill set, thrive in their in their given talents, but yet they're bogged down in the weeds. Now, look, you know, business comes with being bogged down in some mud. There's no question about it. But there's a big difference between asking somebody what is their biggest problem and what is their biggest opportunity. Find out what those opportunities are because you can help coach them to reach that destiny. The other one that I would tell you, and I'm going to share just two more. The other question that I think is really good to ask is, how is our strategy impacting your work? Our strategy, meaning the strategy of the organization. And strategy is how a team accomplishes a mission. You know, you can't just hope things happen. There's strategy that goes into that. And if the strategy is not impacting work, then the activity is not aligned to the mission and the strategy. And without this question, energy, resources that may be leveraged in directions contrary to the strategy. You know, they're going far left and the mission, the culture, and the strategy that is set from the top down is going far right. So this is when people start confusing activity with achievement. It's not maybe that they're lazy, but they're working on the wrong things. So I think it's always important as a leader to check the linkage and ask the question, how is our strategy impacting your day, your work, your team, your pursuit, because then we can start aligning vision and we can start aligning strategy and make sure that the proper resources are being used the right way. The last question that I would tell you is always a good one to ask is, who are you developing? Especially if you um, are a leader of leaders, this is a must ask question, but maybe you're developing uh, leaders, people that aren't in a leadership opportunity. These, this question will apply to those two groups of people. You know, leaders, we're responsible for future leaders, not just getting the job done with the team we have, but growing the future of the leadership of our organizations. And, and, and for there to be a sustaining culture of leadership development, people must be talking regularly about whom they're developing for the future success of the organization. So always ask them. It's a challenging question. Who are you developing? And then dive into the weeds a little bit based off of their response. Who are you developing? How is that going? What tools are you giving them? And how can I help? 
So there's a few questions that I like to ask. They're very open-ended questions, and I'm sure that they will prompt a lot of great open-ended dialogue. As you try these questions, I'd love to hear some of your feedback. Please email me at jeffhancher at thechampionforum.com. And if you have any questions that you would like me to tackle on uh, a future episode, feel free to email me, and we'll get them on a future episode for you as well. Okay, let's dive into today's topic. Today's topic is self-awareness. And this is one of the essentials and essences essences of effective leadership. So, you know, as we look at this topic of leadership and what constitutes effective leadership, look, need I tell you there have been millions of books written on the subject. Uh, Here we are on a podcast, and there's many leadership podcasts and leadership training. Man, it can be a heavily debated subject on what constitutes effective leadership, and quite frankly, there's not a one-size-fits-all. But when I explore this question, I, I get overwhelmed with the vastness of the topic. I mean, there's really no beginning and there's no end to what effective leadership looks like. However, a lot of what I've read Uh, a lot of what I've experienced. I will tell you this, as I reflect on world-class leadership, the role of self-awareness plays a huge part in effective leadership. And as as, as I continue to dive into the topic of leadership more and more, more now than I ever have in my entire life, and I study great leaders. I'm going back even in history and, and watching biographies on how great leaders act and how, you know, what are their tendencies. Self-awareness is bliss. And I will tell you how I've come to this realization of how important self-awareness is, is not because I've observed it being done well. It's, be, it, it's the moments that I've seen it ignored. And, and leaders sitting in a place of being naive, thinking one thing when the exact opposite is happening. So I'll tell you this, I have seen leaders emulate this well, and I've learned from them. But the biggest learning that I've gotten from this is either seeing it firsthand or reading about it, about leaders that lost self-awareness, lacked self-awareness, and it caused disruption or failure in their pursuit. So I, I can tell you, being aware of your strengths your weaknesses, uh, your style, your, your personality, I call it your brand, uh, your preferences, the list goes on. These things have a significant impact on how leaders behave and how they interact with other people. You know, I, I did an episode uh, with Dan Billy a while back. I would challenge you to go listen to it again about, you know, the personality paradox of leadership. And I can tell you it's a big, big miss because oftentimes we come to the table uh, thinking this way, acting this way, not acting the way that we really are, but acting the way that we think people want us to be. And these can be big, big challenges and they can cripple self-awareness. You know, I remember once, actually this has happened more than once. I, I, would, I, I would love to tell you it happened once, but it didn't. It's happened numerous times. My wife has had the opportunity Uh, to see me uh, speak to different groups throughout the years. And I remember the first time her telling me this, and look, uh, she's told me this recently too. Jeff, you're way too intense. You got to reel it in. I mean, it almost sounds like you're yelling at people. And so I hear these words and I go straight into defense. What are you talking about? 
man, I thought that I delivered a strong message. You know, I had I had action steps. You know, I'm telling these people how they're going to win. I talked, everything that I said was positive. Like, how could you see that I was talking down to people? She's like, look, I know that you weren't. I know your heart. I know that you were up there saying what you were saying because you truly want to see people win. But I got to tell you, your passion bleeds into aggressive. And uh, man, if you don't reel that in, there's going to be, you know, people that you're speaking to that you're going to tune out because uh, they don't need somebody else yelling at them. Wow. I, I mean, I'm like, you, you know, at first very defensive, but after like the fourth time my wife tells me this, and look, she knows me well, I was like, you know what? Maybe I do need to reel this in a little bit. Maybe my approach needs to be a little bit different. Maybe I need to start, you know, one of my uh, conversations or, or, or speeches that I give or something like that by saying, hey, look, I have a tendency to be aggressive. Don't confuse it with uh, anything other so that at least the, the crowd knows my heart and where I'm going. But thank God uh, that somebody told me something because I might have been living in this space where, you know, after a speech or, or a, you know, an opportunity to speak to a group, uh, you know, afterward, everybody's telling me, oh, Jeff, that was great. You know, I loved it. Meanwhile, on the car ride home, they're like, who was that renegade? Like, who, who made him the boss? You know, who made him the dictator of the world? And, and meanwhile, I'm going home thinking, yeah, crush that one, man. That was awesome. They were loving what I was saying. No. I needed some self-awareness. I wasn't seeing it. So I can tell you, by being self-aware, a leader can consciously influence a situation and the potential climate of an entire group of people. On the other hand, not being self-aware, it could lead to very undesirable consequences. You know, I had, uh, I had an admin one time that, uh, that worked with me. And uh, I've told this story before, but... You know, I'll never forget the day that uh, that she came into my office, very emotional. And, uh, you know, I'm thinking like something personal is going on. Something's wrong with somebody in her family, you know, something very serious. And, uh, you know, I remember telling her, hey, what's going on? You know, you don't you, you look down and, and man, that's all it took. You know, eyes filled up with tears, emotional. And I said, look, you got to tell me. She's like, Jeff. I feel like you don't appreciate me. I don't know what it is that I have to do to please you. I work so hard because I value what you're doing, but I feel like no matter what I do, it's never good enough for you. Man, I was stopped dead in my tracks. Here's a person that I genuinely care about. I got so busy, caught up in my day, so busy running after strategy and checking boxes You know, I began to see her as part of the strategy versus the human element and how I was affecting that. I lacked self-awareness. Thank goodness she came to me and said something. Because, man, looking back on that situation, I don't know, man. If if I was her, I might have just walked right out the door. And she began to tell me, like, Jeff, you know, when you send me an email, it's very abrupt, very direct, never a please, never a thank you. Just do this. Just do that. Get this done. Get that done. I began to look at my personality, and that's me. I'm a driver. You know, I'm, I'm the person that will, if I see the prize a mile away, I will leave bodies in the wake to go get the mission done. And sometimes I lose sight of that. And so, man, was that a wake-up call for me to know I got to make adjustments to my style. Not everybody thinks like me. That was a great example 
of self-awareness, one that I'm glad I was able to recover from because this person was so valuable to our team. And over the years, I've observed or experienced leaders who have demonstrated self-awareness and leaders who have demonstrated the lack of self-awareness. And I have seen both, and I have seen uh, the impacts of both. When I think of self-aware leaders, I'm reminded of experiences when the leader may have known what was needed to accomplish. You know, here's a task. The leader knows what to do, but they chose to work with the group and draw out the expertise from within the group members. You know, leaders that are self-aware draw the team in regardless of their knowledge. And I think that is such a powerful thing. You know, any big initiative that I've ever had, I want to hear from my team. I want to think, I want to, I want to know what's going on in their world and, and what, what do they have to say to me that might bring something to the table to, to go after this task. And look, there have been times that I go into those strategies thinking I know the answer. Why? Well, I've been there before. I've done it before. No kidding. You're the leader. If you're listening to this and you lead people, you're probably a leader because you've won before. And so just because you've won before doesn't mean you're going to win again. And as a matter of fact, don't be, don't be so prideful to think that maybe somebody has a better idea. Now, I can also say this. I recall uh, many times working on a task with, with groups and when the group really did not have the needed expertise to, to even uh, come close to accomplishing the task that the leader wanted. And the leader knew when to step in and provide expertise. And so no matter what the tenure is of your team, no matter what their skill sets is, it's never a bad time to pull them in and solicit feedback and brainstorm, create vision, create strategy. Now, you may be going into this meeting or this strategy thinking there is no way any good feedback is going to come from this. You may be right. But I think you owe it to your team and you owe it to your self-awareness to say, I'm pulling everybody in. You'll know when things start to go too far left or too far right, when to sweep in and help adjust and make corrections. Then once the team was back on track, I, I saw that leader step back and let the group own the task. So when you step in, be prepared to step out quickly. You, there will be times that you're going to need to step in, make correction, give feedback, step back out, let them continue on. You may need to step back in again, but give them some autonomy. On the flip side, I can recall being a part of a group where the leader needed to demonstrate to others that the leader was the person with the expertise. Anybody have anybody like that that you've ever reported to? Have you ever had a boss or a leader that they just loved being the boss? They loved having all the answers. Matter of fact, they saw it as a position uh, you know, of authority. It was a power play. Matter of fact, these are the kind of leaders, man, I, I have somebody actually in my mind right now that does this. And I'll tell you this, it's a sign of very weak leadership. If you're a leader out there and you feel compelled to make sure that everybody on your team know that, that, that you know more than them, that's not leadership. That's called being a bully. If you're the person that's asking people questions that you know they don't know the answer to just to make them look bad so that you can bring forth the answer, that's not leadership. That's called insecurity. 
You are an insecure leader and you lack self-awareness. That's the hard truth. You will not be better for it. And even if you're winning now, you'll never see your fullest potential. So don't, don't be that leader. You know, in this situation, as I vividly remember, I recall how the members of the group, including me, felt about being involved in the group. I remember wondering why the leader didn't just complete the task and not take up valuable time of other group members. Like, look, if you're just going to come in here and tell us all what to do, like, why don't you just let us go back to our normal job and you can just do the whole project yourself? Because that's kind of, I feel like the only reason that you're in here is to make sure that this entire team knows, one, you're the boss, you have all the power, and you have all the best ideas. I'm not interested. Either give me the opportunity and delegate some authority or, or do the job yourself. So just know the difference between guiding and taking over. Self-aware leaders know exactly the balance between the two. Now, now this leader, they verbalized the desire for group involvement. So that's good. I call that lip service. The leader, though, due to lack of self-awareness, did not know how or when to step back and engage the expertise of the other members of the group. And quite frankly, there were some sharp people in the group that probably had some good ideas. But man, there was such an environment in this group that they were afraid to speak up because it wouldn't have mattered if they had the best idea on the planet. I have a feeling that the leader that was in charge of this strategy would have just shot them down just to elevate their power and title in front of the rest of the group. You know, if you want to be an effective leader, study and learn about your best leadership tool yourself. Your best leadership tool is you. You know, I opened this episode by saying there's a host of books, there's a host of podcasts, seminars. It, there's n limitless uh, opportunity to learn about leadership, but the best tool that you have, it's you. It's knowing where your strengths are, where your weaknesses are. You better have a big mirror up in front of you 24 hours a day observing who you really are. Uh, the other piece is uh, observing who other people think you are. Reflect upon the impact your interactions have on other people. Don't just say something and walk away. Look for body language. Look for feedback. Listen to the feedback others offer on your behavior and your style. You know, thank goodness you know, that I had a wife that was like, hey, we need to put a leash on you. Like you're, I mean, you're like way out of, way out of line. Like you're yelling at people. Matter of fact, one time she told me that I was so intense when I was speaking that spit was flying out of my mouth. And look, any of you that know me personally know, like I can get energized. You know, I, uh, I'm a conquer the hill kind of guy. And it's not that I don't like people. I just love to win. Um, and I'll tell you this, I hate to lose more than I like to win. And so if it's not for somebody like my wife saying, look, man, you got to pull that in. Not everybody thinks like you, you know, not everybody's willing to die to win like you, like pull it in because you're, you're missing some people in giving this message. Ask for candid feedback on your leadership. Take every opportunity to conduct assessments of your personality and your style there's so many different instruments out there to get this done. One of the best that I've ever done, and not everybody has access to these kind of tools, I get it, but look, whether you spend money on something like this or, or not, you can create your own assessments. But I did what's called a 360 assessment with my team once. Th this was my leaders, my peers, uh, people above me in the org chart, 
people that reported to me below me, like a host of different people in many, many different influences uh, to my role. And I remember the overwhelming feedback being that I was not a good listener and I didn't really want to hear anybody's opinion. Kind of a, a my way or the highway type mentality. Man, I got to tell you, I, I was devastated. They clearly, they clearly had me all wrong. I'm about people. Like anybody that knows me well, and I mean well, they know I'm about people. I'm a people first guy, maybe to a fault sometimes. I'm the champion of development. You know, when I got that feedback, I'm like, there's no way that this can be happening. I don't know how this is even possible. And I broke protocol of the assessment and I began to speak to the people that confidentially filled out the assessment. And I began to ask them one by one if they felt that this assessment of me was true. You know what I started hearing? Blew my mind. No, boss, I don't feel that way at all. I think you're great. I'm not sure who would have wrote that. By the time I got through a, a, a host of different people, it was evident to me they didn't even want to tell me. And if that assessment wasn't confidential, they, I would have probably never known. It became evident to me that not only was I not creating an environment of open communication, but my team also didn't feel comfortable talking to me about my own flaws what have I done? How am I going to fix this? I remember thinking about that. Like, man, I'm working so hard to build this team, to build this culture, to create vision, to grow people. And here I, I feel like I've just missed it all. I, I mean, it was devastating. I couldn't deny the truth. And as I began to look in the mirror, I began to see it not only in business, but I began to see it in my personal relationships. I began to see it with my own kids. I always feel like I have all the answers. You know, why is that? Man, you know, I've won a lot. I'm, I'm intense. I put a lot of effort into, you know, being the best. I mean, surely I have better answers than everybody else. And although this wasn't my intention, this was a reality. This was happening. My way is the best way. So why do I need to hear from anybody else? Man, I had to start being very deliberate about soliciting feedback and being a better listener. You know, I've not completely arrived there, and I have a lot of work to do. And I can tell you, it's almost become comedic in my house. Oh, here he goes. Here he He's at it again. You know, he, he's doing his thing. You know, and, you know, as much as they like to pick on me about that kind of stuff, it's true. You know, however, had I not invested in that exercise and received that candid feedback, I can only imagine where the results would have ended. Because there was no way I was, I was stopping. Why is that? Well, it wasn't because I was intentionally trying to box everybody out. I just felt so intense that my way was the best way. It, it, and I was about winning. And I felt like if we win, then everybody's going to be happy. We're, we're getting the trophies. People are getting paid well. Life is good. This is fantastic. You know, that is not reality. It's just not. And so there was so much that came to light when I did this assessment. You know, self-awareness, it, it's a hard skill to define. Many people see themselves as being self-aware when they're not. In fact, it, it's often noted that those who claim to know themselves the best are often the least aware. I've seen this in my own life. Back to the assessment. When I got the results, 
I'm like, there's no way. Matter of fact, when I went to take the assessment, and this, I'm, be, I'm just being transparent. I'm like, this is going to be awesome because this is going to be one of the assess- best assessments that anybody's ever seen. Now I'm going to be validated. I'm going to be vindicated. Everybody's going to know how good I really am. Man, that wasn't the case. Now look, there was a lot of good things on there, but I wasn't interested in looking at all the good things. I would be more interested in looking at the one bad thing that I could fix. And I had zero self-awareness in this area. You, you have to understand as a leader that self-awareness is an ongoing process. It, it's not an event. It's not something gained by a one-off personality assessment that categorizes you as fitting into a certain box that somebody wants you in. It's a process of reflection that takes place over years. It's a continual checking back in with yourself to see where you are how you're perceived by others, and what your current strengths and weaknesses are. And look, those things evolve. They're ever-changing. There's ebbs and flows in business, in organizations, and you have to constantly be checking back on your strengths and weaknesses and how you're adapting and overcoming those certain areas. You know, it, it, it is always striving to improve and to understand where you are and how your thinking and actions are influenced by your own experiences you know, whether that is maybe you have a bad boss, you, you, you received a, a bad performance review, you didn't get the, the pay raise that you wanted, you didn't get the promotion that you thought you were getting. All of these things can factor in to how you engage, how you interact, and your self-awareness. So where, where do your biases lie? And how can you overcome these so that the world can be viewed in a more realistic way? You know, working to understand and develop yourself, it's going to pay huge dividends You know, when you're in elevated leadership roles or when you're aspiring to lead or maybe you're aspiring to get to the next level of leadership. So I'm going to give you a couple of brief steps that I think will absolutely help you in becoming more self-aware. The first thing is you got to want it. You must have a desire to know who you are and how you're perceived. If you are somebody right now that's like, look, I don't really care what people think. I'm the boss. This is how it's going to be. Well, then steps two and three really aren't going to apply to you because you're not willing to open up and get better. But the first thing that you have to do is you've got to want self-awareness and you have to be willing to take the steps to get the self-awareness. The second thing you have to do after you want it is you got to learn it. There's so many ways to learn about self-awareness. Assessments like I talked about, that's absolutely one of those ways. Maybe you're not in a place that, you know, you can take a big assessment and get all that feedback. Look, just ask for feedback. You could even have a third party. You know, many organizations have a human resources department. Maybe have them make calls to your team. Maybe have a leader in a different division or a different area uh, ask those questions to get very candid feedback and give you an assessment of what your team really thinks. I think that open dialogue is very important. Keep in mind, if you, the leader, are asking your team, hey, how do you all think I'm doing? You should ask that question, but I got to tell you this. You're probably not going to get the bad feedback. You're only going to get the good. And so you've got to find creative ways. It could even be um, where you do like a survey monkey. 
where it's fully anonymous. Nobody knows uh, how the information is coming in. It could be that you just print uh, things out. You send it to them in a Word doc. They can type in the answers, and they put it in a box or whatever it might be, unsigned. Figure out a way, but I'm telling you, chase down the feedback because it will be eye-opening to you, and it will it will show you exactly the areas you thought one thing, everybody else is thinking the other, and it's going to give you an opportunity to uh, react. That comes to step number three in creating self-awareness as a leader, which is you got to own it. So the first step is want it. The second step is you got to learn it. You got to know. You got to find out where are those skeletons in the closet. And then third, own it. Don't be defensive and naive. This is a dead end. You know, when my wife started telling me, you know, that I was talking like a tyrant, I was defensive. But after she started explaining why that was that way, um, why she felt that way, and what the damage could be done if it wasn't corrected, I start to come off my high horse. Um, Again, I hate to lose. So my first reaction typically is to become defensive. A lot of you listening, that's you too. Um, You hate to lose. People that hate to lose will become defensive usually pretty fast. And even if they hide it with body language and a cute smile inside, it's killing them. And even if you're not defensive with the person giving you the feedback, in your mind you're saying, whatever, dude, like you're wrong. That's not how I am. I would never act that way. I'm not that person. I'm not that leader. This is who I am. Look, whether the feedback's true or not, the perception is reality. And it, you got to own it, and you got to fix it. Pe- people already know your flaws and your weaknesses. They see more than you think. There's no point in hiding who you are. You got to own it. To be a great leader, this internal self-awareness is not enough. You have to manage both. You have to actively work on both seeing yourself clearly and getting feedback to understand how others see you. It's one thing to see yourself one way. It's another thing to see, how does the team see me? How, how are they seeing me? You know, sometimes we're our biggest cheerleaders. And that's great. I, I mean, look, if you're going to lean one way, you, you got to believe in yourself. But sometimes some of us out there, we love ourselves so much, we're missing all reality. Adversely, you might be somebody that's saying, man, I'm terrible at this. I just had a coaching call recently with somebody, and I heard them literally say to their team, I'm not a good leader. I'm like, whoa, don't say that. Like, even if you're not, like, speak it out. Like, I'm getting there. I'm working on it, whatever it might be. But maybe you don't feel you're good, but the rest of the team is like, man, I- I'm really getting value out of this. Know who you are and know who people think you are. Both of those things working in tandem is going to create a dynamic level of self-awareness. Power and authority, it can, it can be blinding, especially in elevated leadership roles. We have a tendency to think everybody loves us. I'm the boss. You know, I'm coming in. Uh, I just know everybody's just going to be excited to see me because I got the big title and, you know, I don't see everybody that often. And, you know, clearly everybody loves me. Seek honest feedback from loving critics and avoid people who praise or hate you. Let me say that again because this is so important. Seek feedback from loving critics. Don't go to the people that hate you and don't go to the people that praise you. You know, don't go to mom and dad and ask them how you're doing. And don't go to your arch enemy who's always trying to put a knife in your back and ask them. You're going to get one extreme or the other. 
You need to find loving critics like my wife did for me that day. I have specific people in my life, in every area of my life, as a father, as a husband, you know, as a leader, every area of my life that I know. They will, uh, they will bend me over their knee and spank me when I need spanked. And I welcome those because I know these are the people that I've identified. They're going to give it to me straight. And they're going to give it to me in a way that I might not like it. And uh, it might be tough going down, but I know they have self-awareness. They know me well. They know my tendencies. Don't go, you know, it's great to go to people that you know they love you. Everything you do, you're like King Midas. You touch it, it's gold. And in their eyes, you can do no wrong. And it's fun, and, and it, it can be a, you know, a nice stroke to the ego to go to those people and say, hey, how you think I'm doing? Oh my gosh, I thought you'd never ask. Can I just take the next 15 minutes and tell you how awesome you really are? That's great. But look, we're not here to have our ego stroked. We're here to be difference makers. Leadership is a high calling. We have the opportunity to mold and shape people to reach their personal best, their fullest potential. There's too much riding on this to not do it the right way. So make your team aware. You know, once you get these assessments, you get this feedback. Now you own it. Make your team aware. Thank them for feedback. Turn self-awareness into a collective journey. Let the whole team experience the transformation together. You know, when I got this assessment back, and I'm hearing all of this stuff. And I did do some one-offs. But on our next leadership call, I remember telling this team, like, guys, uh, you know, I, I learned a lot through this assessment. And here are the key areas that I'm going to be working on. And listen, I value the feedback that you gave me. Whether I believed it or not, whether I agreed with it or not, it was irrelevant. It was the perception of my team. And I told them, here's the action steps that I'm going to be taking to shore this up and get us back on track so that I can help everybody win as a team. Make sure that you're doing that. Make it a collective journey with you and your team. You know, self-awareness, it's not a magical solution, but man, can it make a huge difference in your leadership pursuit. Increase self-awareness. It's not about becoming the perfect leader, but to know how to use or not to use certain aspects to your advantage. No matter how much progress you make, there's always more to learn about yourself. You never stop learning about who you are because we're constantly evolving. You know, self-awareness, it's not an event. You can't see it as an event. I said it before. This whole thing, it's a journey. Don't ever assume. You know, many of you, uh, have went, and I, I've heard you, you're doing personality training based off of uh, the three-part series that we did a couple of months back. You know, you don't do that once. You do that several times. You know, I've done those consistently every three to five years. Why? Well, because things can change. My style might change. I want to know who I am, and I also want to know who my team is. I want my self-awareness, and I want to provide awareness to those around me so that we can create harmony and win together. It's not a status. It's a journey. Um, you know, we're all, and I would say this is everybody, we're more unaware than we're aware. It's just a fact. We always think, you know, the best of ourselves as a general rule. And so we have many blind spots in our lives as leaders, in our personal lives even, where we're thinking one thing and something completely opposite has to lead others. 
We must learn to lead ourselves first. We have to know who we are. We have to know what makes us tick. Well, I hope this material really helped you today. Being self-aware leaders, it is a game changer. Please take some of this content that I talked today. I hope it was thought-provoking to you. Take some of the action steps that I recommended for you as well. If you have questions on this topic or any other topic and how I can help you in your pursuit to leadership excellence, feel free to email me at jeffhancher at thechampionform.com. Make sure that you check out the show notes for today's episode and every episode which can be found at thechampionforum.com. Also, social media, you can follow me there at the Champion Forum. I give daily nuggets of leadership, videos, and and just uh, inspirational ways for you to go about your journey, not only in your personal pursuit, but also in your leadership pursuit. I really appreciate you tuning in. And as always, folks, you got to remember, you have been set up to be a champion in this life. The Champion Forum Podcast with Jeff Hancher. Lead. Inspire. Win.